Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Irioki. Join me and my friends as we explore the darker side of the Sooner State. Here we go. I'm Marnie Venge, and this is Irioki, and I'm here tonight virtually again with Dustin Clark and Lauren Smith of Nightcaller's Bigfoot Radio. Hey, guys. Hey, how are you doing? Good, good. I'm so glad that you guys could both join me tonight. I know that we had to do it kind of late so that the kiddos were asleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, for anybody who's not familiar, do you guys want to kind of talk about what Night Callers is? It's it's like a podcast. It's like a call-in podcast, kind of. It's kind of, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Right. So Night Callers Bigfoot Radio. Um, we've been on the air for a, probably ten years or so now, wow. and um, so we interview. We started out like all the other Bigfoot podcasts, where we would interview people about their experiences. Um, And then it actually turned into we only interview researchers um, who have had experiences or go out and do their research. And so um, we are weekly. uh, We come on the Ron Blog Talks radio Mm -hmm. and we do our show live. And then um, we have the guest will call in and then we'll do our show and it records and then you can listen to it on any of the podcast apps out there. Um, it's a lot of fun. I actually started doing this with my mom in 2011. I love that so and, much. <laughs> and, you know, and so we've had, we've had so many hosts over the years. So it's been me and her. And then we started out with four of us there were four of us and then we added two more so there were six hosts at one time and then two of them dropped and then two more dropped and we've uh, interchanged hosts but it's always been me and my mom oh that's um, so glory hood throughout all of it and so um last year last summer she actually retired from her job and then retired from the show officially so that she could go research and that's when I asked Dustin to come on and be my co-host Oh, that's so awesome. That has she had some fun mm-hmm. adventures since then? Oh, she has. She's been going out as much as possible. Um, COVID has her, you know, not going out, but yeah. <laughs> um she's gotten she's gotten out in the field a lot more than she had been and she's just loving it. She's collecting all kinds of experiences and she doesn't have that she has all the time in the world to do it and so she's not rushed and she doesn't feel pressured and so she's really enjoying it. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> and last time that when Dustin was on before we, I remember he came up to my office at the print shop and he brought a Bigfoot foot casting. And I remember mm-hmm. just being like, it's one thing for someone to talk about it or tell you about it. And like, it's it's one thing to see it on television or anything like that. But 
it was sitting on my desk and it stretched from one, the side I was on to the side he was on. And I remember mm -hmm. just being like, so it's, it's so different when you see it in person, like see part of the evidence mm -hmm. or anything like that. So I can't even imagine what it would be like to have an experience. And that was one of the things I wanted to ask you, um, Dustin and I, like I was going to say, I got sidetracked talking about the Bigfoot footprint, but, mm -hmm. um, we talked a little bit about how he got into this and I was going to ask you how, like, was this always a part of your life with your mom or did you guys like come to it later in life or how did that work? So, um, I, when I was about nine years old, um, I, my dad, so my parents were not together and, um, my dad had just had my little baby brother. And I went to live with him to see, you know, be with him and my little baby brother. And so my mom was living, you know, with her husband and I had moved out, you know, you know went to live with my dad. And so she was just alone and it really kind of hurt her whenever I've moved out. I didn't know that until I was an adult. She didn't tell me. But um, mm -hmm. so she, she got online and she started um, going into pal talk these chat rooms and she found this one that was about Bigfoot and she was listening to these people and she was just laughing I mean just laughing at these oh, people yeah. how crazy they were yeah I can't believe they really think Bigfoot's real and all this and she had gone fishing with her husband and her father-in-law and had this experience where the thing had howled in the woods and she was so terrified that she thought it was going to come across the water and get her. She was out on the middle of the lake in a boat, mm -hmm. and she thought that this thing was going to come get her. <laughs> oh, my and, gosh. And um, so anyway, so she's later on, fast forward, she's listening to this, this these people in this group chat, and they play, they're playing all these sounds and talking about all these footprints and all this stuff, and she's laughing, and then they play this sound, and it's what she heard. And they're, they're saying that was a Bigfoot howl. And she's just, she can't believe it. She can't believe that this is Bigfoot, but it doesn't match anything else that they played. It doesn't match, you know, wild or like mountain lions. It doesn't match bobcats. It doesn't match any of the other screens that, you know, are natural. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so she actually started kind of getting into it. And then eventually she went on an outing with them. And she was hooked. She was hanging out with these people and she was going researching and looking for this and having experiences. So I come to visit her and then I end up going on these outings with her. And so, um, you know, anytime I was with her, I was going on outings to look for Bigfoot as a child. Oh, that's so and cool. And so, I mean, it's just crazy. So I grew up doing this. And so to me, it wasn't weird. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know it's not normal, but it wasn't, you know, so I guess, and she's always, she used to be a paranormal researcher. Um, you know, she's a big sort researcher, you know, so she's always done amazing things. And so to me, the weird stuff is not weird. That's my normal. Yeah. And so it just, I don't, I don't bat an eye at it. And then, so whenever I got old enough, um, I started researching on my own and, um, so I've actually started taking my son with me out into the woods and researching. So I'm oh, doing cool. the same thing she did. I'm training him up. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Um, I've been I've been doing this for a long time. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, Dustin, I I can't remember how you told me when was the first time you ever went out researching. Uh, the first time I went out would have been 
three or four years ago. Okay. Okay. So it was, it's been more of a recent thing for you. And that's, that's how you guys met. I'm, I'm guessing is through Bigfoot stuff. <laughs> right. We, we actually met, um, uh, we had Justin on my show as okay. a guest. We had Southern Bigfoot Alliance on the show and Justin was one of the guests. And then, um, so we didn't meet actually until I had asked him to be a co-host. <laughs> oh wow oh gosh yeah well you guys do a really good job together you're a lot of fun to listen to so that's good oh, thank you yes um <laughs> no problem no problem at all um I gosh what was I going to ask you um so Dustin one of the things that we talked about um not that long ago so something that has been really cool about like doing Irioki is that a lot of times people will contact me with their paranormal or cryptid or any kind of sometimes even people contact me with true crime stories that have happened to them so I get contacted with a lot of stuff and I remember um after Dustin and I became friends this might have been I don't know when it was maybe back in December or something and you contacted me you had had a new experience yeah do you want to talk about that uh yeah um we actually uh uh decided to go for my birthday weekend uh to South Arkansas, where the legend of the legend of Bobby Creek happened, and uh, Lauren came along, and a bunch of our other friends, and we have uh, researched friends that live down in that area that uh, they know where the best, really good spots are, mm-hmm. and we they take us out to a few places, and this is almost midnight. And we go to this last spot before we decide to camp in this old gravel road. And we go down and it's cold at that. And we turn all the vehicles around and everybody gets out and we're listening. And Lauren and our friend Kendall, they decide to walk um, past the cold site down into the woods on this little trail. And then there's Two, three people at the front of my truck talking, and I decided that I'm just gonna walk kind of more away from the cul-de-sac and stay on the road and look down the road because the moon was bright, and I was thinking that I could just stare down the road and maybe see something go across in the gravity. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm knelt down because we've been going all day long, and I was exhausted, but uh, I was kneeling down on my knees in the gravel and. Something caught my eyes. Well, that's not glanced over, and I see the silhouette of one going from left to right. And what caught my eye was the moon is shining on the hairs, oh like on gosh. the hair of its head, its shoulder. Ah, oh, that just gave me chills. <laughs> oh yeah, my gosh! It, it, it was going from left to right, and I thought, like, "Well, I can see that." And I, I was about twenty yards ahead of everybody else, mm-hmm. and uh, Stephen. He had a night vision goggles, and they're the kind that you pull up and it's a screen. It was like one of those uh, IRs that it... Like the FLIR cam uh, kind of things? Yeah, but it's just regular night vision, and mm-hmm. I, I'm i not good at technology at all, and I didn't realize that it, you could zoom with this one, mm-hmm. and it was already zoomed all the way in. So I, I called him over, and we kind of stood in the area, and we don't see anything. And when it was going from left to right, it was headed towards the road. And I kept my eyes on it, and it never crossed the road. So we decided to get up and walk about 
60 yards down the road and we look off into the woods on the side where I've seen it and we're just kind of there and we don't have the night vision up yet. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to keep our eyes acclimated to the, the darkness and I think I see it again but it's a little bit farther down and we're looking downhill and Stephen hands me the, the, the night vision and I'm standing around and since they're zoomed in, I'm having trouble finding the tree I thought it went behind. And by that time, my friend Shane had walked up and I told him to stand in front of this little tree right in front of me. That way I could align him with the tree I'm wanting to look at through the night vision. Mm-hmm. And so I basically go up his body with the night vision and right when I get to the top of his head, when his head leaves the, the viewfinder, behind him down the hill, it peeks around the tree. And I see oh, wow. part of the left left shoulder, shoulder and a little over half of the face pop out. But it was, it was so far down, it was basically just a, a white blur that popped out in the eyes and it popped back in. And I, I immediately went, oh, shit. And I handed the over Stephen. And uh, Stephen is, a, he's six foot, uh, six foot four. I believe. Mm-hmm. Is that right, Lauren? Yeah, he's a big old dude. <laughs> he's a big guy. And uh, he, he's trying to get him refixed because he didn't realize they were zoomed out and we trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I kind of calmed down for a second. And we'd always talk about in the main group of uh, Southern Bigfoot Alliance if we ever see one or we think we see one, we're just going to rush it. Yeah. Rush at it, you know. If you can't get evidence or just get a good picture or just to see it for longer. Just get as and close as you can. Shane, yeah. And Shane and, or Shane and I were both like, we should run at it. We always talk about it. And then I turned to Stephen because he's, this is his area. They always see it out there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so have y'all ever ran at it? He's like, yeah, we've ran at them a couple times. And I'm like, well, what, they, what happens? He's like, well, we usually don't see them like that. So we all decided to slowly walk down the hill. We don't hear anything else. Don't see anything else. We we check the tree. We check past the tree. No footprint. Nothing. We start walking back up the hill. And I find the tree where it was at. Where it was at. And I stop Stephen because he's six foot four. Mm -hmm. And I take the night vision up the road and look down on him. And it was four to six inches taller than him. Wow. So it's yeah. probably, I mean, it could have been like seven feet tall, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Have you, okay. So this is another question that I, I always wonder this because I'm like, I, I think about these things and I have a very overactive imagination. Is it ever scary when you go out? Like sometimes. Does, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, Sometimes it is. It, it there's a. I've been scared, nervous, mm-hmm. but I've never been in fear. Right. Not yet. Right. What is what's so, the scariest story anyone's ever told you that like you heard and you're like this made the hair on the back of my neck stand up and this would have terrified me if I had been experiencing it. 
There was one, and I believe it happened here in Oklahoma, allegedly. And it's it's not the Hanobi, uh, the Jesus Hanobi, mm-hmm. but uh, this guy was out drinking by himself, and I believe he was walking to his truck, and one started peril- uh, falling along, falling, and but this one looked like a chimpanzee taller, a freaky looking one. Mm-hmm. And it basically, he shot at it. And I believe when he shot, it fell down and he took off running to the truck. Well, as soon as he got to the truck, it got to him. Oh. And uh, I believe those are, they, I don't remember if it, they wrestled for a second, but he was actually finally able to shoot it one more time and was able to get in the truck and haul us out. Wow. Um, but it's been a while since I've heard that one. Yeah. So I think. Don't quote me on that one. Oh, no, no, no. You're fine. Lauren, do you have any, do you have any scary ones? Mm-hmm. I have um, my own personal, what I okay. growl at. Oh, my gosh. My yeah. most terrifying experience. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, <clears throat> of course, many others, just because I've done the show for so long and everyone's told me their stories. Um, but my personal experience, we had actually been doing a live show mm-hmm. and my mom and I had gone there's a cabin next to her property it's an old hunting cabin it's, it's really creepy I always call it a serial killer cabin yeah because <laughs> it's this little one-room cabin in the middle of the woods in the middle of nowhere and it's got um sliding glass doors on all four sides perfect for serial um, killing <laughs> <laughs> and so and well when you get in there it's like a time capsule. Oh, gosh. There's like magazines from the 80s, and yeah. then there's like tin cans. And then when you go up into the loft, which I only poked my head up there mm-hmm. um, and shine a flashlight around, there's like bedding and stuff, but it, none of it's been used. It's just oh. like a time capsule. It's yeah. very creepy. Oh, that is creepy. And so we had this bright idea that we're going to go there at night and do a live show from that location um, while researching Bigfoot, right? Mm. Uh, so we get there, and we're sitting there. And I have never felt a stronger flight, like fight or flight, yeah. the flight in my entire life. It felt like, because it was it was not a very bright night, it was kind of dark. Mm. And um, it felt like the woods were just like, you know, pressing in on the sides yeah. of the little cabin. It was pitch black. You couldn't see out the windows. It was, and there's no electricity. So we're sitting there in the dark, and I just knew something was about to come through that glass and get us. Oh and gosh. so oh. I, and I told my, I told, and I was, I mean, I was like already so nervous. And I told my mom, I said, okay, we got to go. I said, I've sat here as long as I can. We have got to go. Yeah. And she said, okay, you know. Everyone, we're going to go back to um, her cabin. <clears throat> she lives in a renovated cabin. Mm-hmm. And so we went back to her cabin to finish out the live show. And so we were sitting there, um, you know, finished out the show, said goodbye to everybody. And I'm sitting on the on the porch uh, in a chair. And she's talking to her friend. And I glanced out of the corner of my eye off into the trees. And I saw eye shine. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was probably seven, eight feet off the ground. It was definitely a yellow eye shine and it blinked at me and then it moved and I just looked at it 
And I said, no, I did not just see eye shine, really? And so I, I looked and I didn't see anything else. And I, I kept looking and I was like, wow, I wonder if it's walking, you know, to right in front of the porch. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of followed where I thought it would walk. And then I looked, there were, she had these bushes that were about six feet tall. And they were probably 10 feet from the porch. And I looked at those bushes and then looked to the ground below them. And I said, man, like not said, I thought this to myself, how crazy would it be if that thing had belly crawled up there and was looking at me right now? You know how you do whenever you're yeah, yeah, freaking yourself out. Well, when I looked at those bushes and had that thought, it growled at me. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. It like shook my chest. Mm -hmm. Like it shook inside my chest. It reverberated through my chest. And I felt it. It was like this thing's chest had to be this huge, like a barrel chested, it vibrated. That's exactly what I was picturing. Yeah. Yes. And so I grabbed, I I was in a camp chair and I grabbed the seat and pulled down, Mm -hmm. like pulled the seat up. And I pushed myself down because I was trying not to run into the house. I didn't want to leave my mom to be eaten on our porch. Yeah. And so I was holding myself in my chair. I was terrified i mean i turned white and i'm like mom 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 and she finally looks over and i said did you hear that did you hear that girl did you hear that i mean i at this point i am freaking out and she takes one look at my face and she just kind of like you can see her wheels turning and mm-hmm. she goes that that was a, a semi truck on the road Warren. that was just a truck now, my mom lives like 30 minutes past the middle of nowhere in the woods. Yeah. You can hear a, you can hear a truck coming for like two days before it gets to you. Yeah. And I mean, but she was trying to placate me and I was just like, oh my gosh, she didn't hear it. Oh my gosh, she yeah. didn't hear it. She's going to eat us. And at that point, I was kind of mad at her that she mm-hmm. didn't hear it. And I was like, okay, well, she's just going to have to die. And so I got yeah. up and went in the house. <laughs> and I went in the house and I went. My husband was laid out on the couch. He was sleeping, and I sat down beside him and kind of like jostled him. Mm-hmm. And he looks at me. And he goes, "He goes, what's wrong?" Because I mean, I was white. Yeah. I, I looked clammy and white, like I was about to throw up. Mm-hmm. And I said, "I just, I just got growled at by by Bigfoot. I just got growled at." And he looked at me and he was like, "Okay, it was probably a big cat, more." And I was like, "No, no, you don't understand." I was, it, it, I know what it was. I saw eye shine before yeah. it growled at me, and I mean, I am just rambling Mm -hmm. and he's like okay okay and he gets me calmed down so then it took me seriously like six months to get her to admit that it was a growl she said I'm sorry but you were so freaked out she said I wasn't about to tell you that yes that thing growled at you and I heard it and I'm like mother she's like if if I tell her the truth she will never do this with me again No, she pretty much. I mean, she. I. I would have never come to visit her again. Yeah, that's all that was at that time. Oh my gosh! And then, um, it was terrifying, though it really was. And it kind of. I didn't research actively after that um, for years, and Mm -hmm. then, um, finally, I started going back in the woods, and it's like. Now I challenge myself. Now I walk off into the woods by myself, and Mm -hmm. it takes a lot for me to go get scared now and it's almost like I'm trying to scare myself again like that I don't know but um yeah it was terrifying it was it was and I the feeling that I felt the very first feeling that I felt was not terror Mm -hmm. it was indignation 
I was like, how dare you growl at me right now is the feeling that I felt before the terror took over. Oh, that's really wild. Oh my gosh. That's interesting. (laughs) That's really interesting that that's like, was the first thing you felt. I was so, I was offended. Yeah. How dare you growl at me on my own property? Exactly. You're like, you're like, you're the interloper here, not me. I know. I mean, you know, I was like, I've been looking for you. I've been trying to convince people that you're awesome and this real thing and you're going to growl at me, sir. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was just ridiculous. I, I can't even imagine if oh I do see one, I'll probably, you know, tell it off for yeah. hiding for so long or something. Oh, I've thought, <laughs> I've thought a lot about that. Like if, cause I know that, I don't know. I think it would be kind of like a situation where you'd almost, I, I personally would probably be like, did I really just see what I think I saw? Like, mm-hmm. like kind of like feeling like, uh, you know, not certain or I don't know. It's, it's just so like, I don't know. It's crazy to think about seeing something that for all intents and purposes, the world tells you does not exist. Mm-hmm. And that just, I think yeah, it kind I of, actually. yeah. I actually did a psych paper um, over that. I, I kind of did a psych paper over um, a Bigfoot in general and mm-hmm. how people, how easy it is for for the media and for the um, for culture to say that it's not real. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you do have a sighting, it's like your brain glitches because this, it doesn't make sense to your brain. This thing is not supposed to exist. Something exactly. like that should not be in this world. And mm-hmm it takes a long time to come to terms with it. Um, your first reaction of course will be to talk yourself out of it, to mm-hmm. try to convince yourself that you saw a bear or you saw, you know, a shadow or a bush or whatever. Um, even those of us who are actively looking for it, the first reaction is to talk ourselves out of it. Oh yeah, I'm sure. And mm-hmm. I'm sure that you feel like both of you probably feel a degree of pressure for your research or your sightings to be as, um, like bona fide as you can make them, like as, Mm -hmm. you know, this is real, that kind of thing, like making sure there are no holes or anything like that in it. I'm sure that's probably Mm -hmm. something that you experience, like, especially presenting it to skeptics. Absolutely. Um, Lori, my mom, Mm -hmm. she's had six. Okay. So over the 20 year span that she's been researching, she's had six sightings. Um, she's actually had eight. But she won't count two of those because she, sorry, she cannot classify those as a legit sighting. And so she doesn't even count those. She's like, oh, well, you know, I saw this and it peeked out from behind the tree. But I don't know. I don't, I don't count that one. And I'm just wow. like, what? I'm yeah. like, you saw this thing and you don't, but I don't count that one. You know, so mm. over 20 years of actively going out into the field, she's had six sightings. Yeah. And the amount of times that she's seen something that won't count it. I mean, that's just amazing to me. That's, um, yeah, that is amazing. <laughs> wow. Oh my so gosh. She's, yeah. But, um, she, it, people are like, Oh, well, you know, I'll go research and people are like, Oh, did you find it? Did you find it? And I'm mm-hmm. like, do you see animals every single time you go into the woods? Do you see a mountain lion every time you go into the woods? Do you right. see a bear every time you go into yeah. the woods? And they're <laughs> yeah. like, well, no. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, Bigfoot is an elusive creature. It's even more elusive than any other animal that you know of. Mm-hmm. So no, I did not see it this time. And you do feel pressured 
to yeah. come back with some kind of data, some kind of evidence to support why you're spending your time in the woods. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Lori, like 20 years. So let's say that she went out 10 times a year for 20 years and she only had six sightings. I was just doing that math in my head. It's wild. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. that is because I was thinking, I was thinking, I wonder how many hours she has spent, you know, for Mm -hmm. those six that she counts, not even counting the ones that to anyone else we'd be like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, um, but wow, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And I think, I don't know, like something that I wanted to talk to you especially about was, I think it's so cool that it's you and your mom And that it's kind of, I think the media, like finding Bigfoot and all the stuff and all the documentaries and all that, they kind of present it as though this is more of a man thing. Like there are more men involved in it. And Mm -hmm. when I went to the Honubi Bigfoot Festival, there were a lot of women there. And I think, Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of disproportionately represented in television Mm -hmm. and stuff. And so I think, I just think it's so cool that you and your mom are like, really into this and she's like a legit like researcher that I think that's so awesome yes um I will say you know from the beginning of this there have always been women in it Mm -hmm. but um it is a predominantly male community uh the Bigfoot community and so we um I know Dustin's heard my my time for Dustin um (laughs) but I'm so it's just like any other field in the entire world, right? Mm-hmm. Women have to fight harder. We have to be stricter. We have yep. to work harder mm-hmm. to build that respect from oh, yeah. the men as we research. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, when women, um, I'm always telling Dustin, he's like, you do this. And I'm like, no, I'm like, I have fought so hard to gain the respect of my male peers in this field and have them see me as a legitimate researcher fought so hard for them to see me as an equal and so many women have done that as well in the community and so I mean there's women on every team just about yeah and they're strong outdoors women they're they're have integrity they're good women um but all it takes is one of those women or one woman to come in and kind of see I don't know the word right now um and inappropriate like she's not there for research she's right. just kind of there to have fun and, and yeah. you know kind of party yeah all it takes is one of those to make the rest of us look so bad mm-hmm. and so um I'm always telling Dustin like I just I'm so sensitive about that like I get so frustrated with those people I'm like you don't understand how hard women have to fight to get to this point and it takes one to drop us back yeah. you know it's, oh, it's very frustrating so oh girl I get having, that I know, and I don't mean to go on like a feminist. No, 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 no. You're fine. You're fine. The truth is so frustrating. It is. Um, I mean, so you have these. Yeah, go ahead. Oh no, no, go (laughs) ahead, go ahead, keep going. It's it's just it's we have these women in the field who are so strong and so amazing. Like my mom, like I call them the pioneers of the research because they were out there, um, you know, in the '90s, the '80s, and '90s doing this, and that when it was, you know, even less likely to have women out there in the field doing that. Um, that is so awesome. You know, so I've, I've, I've grown up with these women as my role models, women who get out there and do it. And, mm-hmm. um, but you have to have self-respect, you have to have confidence and you have to have integrity Yeah. Um, to be successful. Oh yeah, definitely. 
Now, along those lines, I um, I wanted to know if either of you guys have heard the podcast um, Wild Thing. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I love that. Like it's what Lauren and I were just talking about, like women in the field. And I think it's so cool that Laura Krantz found out she was related to Grover Krantz and she didn't even know that before he died or who he was. Mm -hmm. And that kind of sent her on this, like down the rabbit hole, kind of exploring all of that. And I think that's so cool, but yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so when I was, when I was on night callers, you guys, you asked me, one of the questions was, um, what do you think Bigfoot is? So I wanted to ask you guys that and hear your opinion. You go first, Lauren. <laughs> Why would I have to go first? <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see how it is. Um, I believe that Bigfoot is a flesh and blood creature. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe that they are a sentient being, um, being that they are intelligent and evolved and um, they Honestly, if they were not intelligent and evolved, they would not have remained aloof, as elusive as they have for this long. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I truly believe that they, being intelligent and elusive, they have um, primitive skills um, surviving out in the woods. Um, but I do believe that they are flesh and blood. I don't believe that they are mystical um, in any way. Um you know, I, I, I just, I don't, I don't think that they're, um, an unevolved caveman. I, you know, I do think they are species that we haven't found yet. I think that, um, you know, maybe they're a species of, um, early humanoid. Yeah. So I guess that would be caveman, but, um, yeah, I, I definitely don't believe that they are they like cloak or go through portals right, or yeah. anything like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I heard something. Um, I can't remember. I think maybe it was Glenn who told me that about that. Some people think that like, they're like, oh yeah, I saw Bigfoot and Elvis in my hotel room. <laughs> like <laughs> that kind of a thing. Yeah. And I think when people say stuff like that, I think that's where people really get that preconceived notion that, oh, all these people are crazy. Like they're, you know, they're out there. They're, they're searching for something that's not there. Like, kind of a right it's like what we were talking about earlier like one person can give everyone else a bad rap mm-hmm. yeah i actually covered that in my spike kpr i covered how the media um can just use one article mm-hmm. and spin it as a spoof and everybody automatically scoffs at the idea of bigfoot yeah um and whereas if they took it seriously they could you know have this basically be more supported than it is yeah oh yeah so what about you, Dustin? Uh, I think they're shape-shifting <laughs> aliens. Yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no I, I, I think the same thing as Lauren. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I, I don't know whether they'd be another people or some kind of, you know, unknown ape, obviously, but I, I believe it's flesh and blood. Uh, you know, if, there is any kind of paranormal aspect to them, whether they could jump through dimensions or portals or mm-hmm. go invisible, then nobody would see it. Yeah. We wouldn't even know. I mean, they're, they're, yeah. they just wouldn't they'd be invisible. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's, I'm short and simple with my answer. They're flesh and blood and either an ape or 
some kind of people. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, I think, I think I did my best effort to sidestep the question when I was on the show and I kind of, you know, I was like, I was like, I don't really know. Like I, you know, I, cause I kind of, um, there's part of me that's like, yeah, I, I, I can see the flesh and blood thing. And then I remember when I had Kristen, um, on the show, Kristen Perkins, who, uh, had worked with Jason Hawes from taps and she was telling me, we were talking about ghost hunting and everything on that episode. And we talked about the, um, multiverse theory and how like some physicists think that there are multiple universes that every once in a while, like come and, and like this, I don't know if this is part of the physicist theory or this is just like people like me theory, but apparently they sometimes come in contact and sometimes you can see things that you normally wouldn't see because it only exists mm-hmm. in another dimension or whatever, which probably makes me sound like a crazy person, but I really no, no, I like that idea. I think that's very interesting. And like, I need to read the guy's book who, um, I think he's been on like, uh, he's on a lot of science shows and he, I think it's like m- his name, it's Asian and I cannot think how to pronounce it. It's like Michiao <laughs> Kaku or something like that. And he's real, 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 mm-hmm. real smart. But, um, but yeah, so I, I think that's, that's, I, I think it could be flesh and blood. I do. Especially when I hear right. stories, like hearing you guys talk about it. And then when, like I said, when Dustin brought the footprint in, you know, it's very, it's hard to look at that and completely say, no, there is nothing there. Right. Yeah. So. It, it does boggle the mind um, how something that big can be so elusive. Yeah. But, you know, that goes to support that they have to be highly evolved and mm-hmm. intelligent to be that elusive in the woods. Um, what I was kind of... going to say, has... oh, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 go ahead. I was just going to say back to the multiverse theory. Have you watched Hellier? Mm-mm. So Hellier, you can watch it. It's on Prime. Okay. And it's about the Kentucky Goblins. And in that show, they actually talk about that as well. They talk about how um, Bigfoot and Kentucky Goblins, aliens, swamp creatures, there's all these cryptids mm-hmm. and the underground cave system that spans the United States. Um, oh, wow is the door to all these different portals and universes. And that's how these things pop out in different towns as they step through these doors that are only open for a limited amount of time. And then they step back through. And there's a team that actually goes to research this and they Mm. have all this crazy stuff happen. Anyway, it's a really good show. It's it's a documentary. I'm totally going to watch that. Yeah. That's write it down and go watch it. I watched it right before I went to Kentucky on an outing, a four day outing to where I hiked into the middle of the woods with four guys and, or five guys. And we had no cell reception, nothing. And we stayed for four days mm-hmm. in the snow in the Kentucky mountains. And oh I gosh. watched Hellier right before I went out there. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh. Now, instead of like looking for Bigfoot, I'm looking for goblins. Yeah. Like, oh, I was yeah, it was it was an exciting time. Oh, how I didn't see either one. Oh, <laughs> damn, <laughs> that's a bummer. I know. <laughs> I would have taken anything at that point. I mean, I hiked into the woods and set up camp for four days yeah. and saw nothing. Oh but man, it was a good experience. It was fun. I had a great time. So I'm sure that I mean, it sounds like <laughs> it sounds like just doing this, you've got to have so many great experiences and make such good connections with people and. Um, you do, um, my Bigfoot family, I mean, they're my actual family, Mm -hmm. you know, these people are, um, closer to me than my own family sometimes. And they just, they get you on a level 
that other people don't, normal people, I want to say. Um, you know, I was telling somebody, I said, oh, I just need to be in the woods and I need to be around my, my people. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, you just saw your family. And I said, I said, no, you don't understand. The Bigfoot people are my people. Yeah. When I'm with them, like I vibe with them. These are my people. Mm-hmm. They make me happy. I can be myself with them. I can talk about weird things yeah. and they don't look at me funny. They offer their own theories and we go, you know, you bond when you're out in the mm-hmm. middle of nowhere, in the middle of the woods, um, away from technology, away from, you know, emergency services. Mm-hmm. And you're looking for this thing. And at any moment you can be hurt or killed or whatever. And you have to rely on your team that's with you. You yeah. bond over that. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah, so these are my people. This is my family. And we all help each other out. Um, like Dustin and I are actually talking about going and helping a friend this weekend um, mm-hmm. that had – um, some storm damage, stuff like that. We're talking mm-hmm. about going and helping him. And I mean, like, this is my family. Yeah. It's just what you do. That is so cool. I've made friends all over, all over the United States, all over the world. We mm-hmm. have a guy, our biggest fan mm-hmm. on Nightcaller Six Foot Radio, our biggest fan is out of Australia. I know exactly who you're um, talking about. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yes. yes. Um, he's great. He's our biggest fan. And we mm-hmm. have um, listeners out of Canada, New Zealand. Um, Australia, Africa, England, Ireland. I mean, just all over the world. That's so crazy. cool. That is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So one of the other questions before I forget this. Okay. So in the last like two or three episodes, I guess, since like COVID has become a thing, I have been making a habit of like recommending things that people can binge watch. Mm-hmm. And so I actually messaged one of the listeners the other night because we had corresponded a few times about um, marrying millions, which was something I recommended, I think, the last time, which is just absolute trash TV. Like, it's just, it's like crack rock <laughs> on your television. It's just, you have to keep going until it's over and it's horrible. Like, it's awful. You kind of hate yourself when you're done. You feel a little bit dirty and bad. But like it's, yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like that, but a little more lighthearted. <laughs> but um, so anyway, this week, what I've been binge watching is Big Little Lies. Have either mm-hmm. of you seen that? Have you seen that, Lauren? I have not. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It is like, it's like soap opera level drama, but in a believable way. Like it's kind of, it's, it, I don't know. I don't know how else to explain it, but it's been, that has been my binge watch of the week. Um, but yeah. So I have been, been watch, binge watching Taken, Taken at Birth. Ooh. And it, it's, Oh my God, you you will both actually love it. Okay. Um. So in Georgia in the fifties, there was this doctor, Doctor Hicks, mm-hmm. and he would induce mothers and, or perform abortions or induce pregnancies and sell the babies out of the back door of his clinic for a thousand dollars to a couple from Ohio. Whoa! And he God. sold he sold over two hundred babies for a thousand dollars each. That is okay. Insane. Crazy. This happened in the fifties. Well, one of the babies. Figured it out, mm-hmm. and in the '90s, she busted this guy, and then all these babies came out of the woodwork. You know, they're adults now, and so she is helping them track down their birth parents if possible. Wow! And it's like this conspiracy that's blown up because the townspeople were kind of in on it, mm-hmm. and actually, the mayor at that time, one of the babies, actually, it was traced through DNA back to the mayor. Oh and my gosh! It's so crazy. It's so you guys taking at birth. You have to okay. go watch it. You know I love my wow. true crime. Oh and yeah, yeah, yeah. I have. I mean, I was just 
flabbergasted. I was telling my husband about it, and I was just like, oh, my gosh. And he, you know, $200,000. That's and, so crazy. you know, in the 50s, and he's just, like, cracking up. He's like, I can't <laughs> believe, you know, why is this a big deal? I'm like, okay, imagine if your whole life you knew you were adopted, but you didn't know you were a black market baby. Right. That's insane. That you had been sold, and, basically, like, and bought yeah. by someone. Like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's and it so would crazy. get worse because he told the mothers, he told the mothers that their babies had died. He would oh put them God. in a twilight sleep and yeah. induce their labor. And he, he would tell them it was stillborn and so, he would be running it out the back of the clinic. And so like when he would, he would be performing like an abortion, he would just take the baby if it was far enough along or was it, mm-hmm. oh my God, that's so crazy. Yeah. That is wild. So he, <laughs> and so he lived in Georgia and mm-hmm. he would make these couples drive from Akron, Ohio to Georgia. Now that's mm-hmm. a long drive. And he would tell them, bring a pillow. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't have to hold the baby the whole way back. Mm-hmm. Well, come to find out the baby, like the, the main lady, she was four pounds, four ounces. Whoa. So you think about a four pound baby today mm-hmm. delivered prior to, you know, 36 weeks. That's yeah. a NICU baby. Oh, and yeah. how slim, how how worried we are that they're going to survive, even having mm-hmm. incubators and and you know all these things that can help that baby survive. Oh, so yeah. back in the fifties, these people are driving home with that little baby that fits in their hands on a pillow, and they are terrified to stop. This baby's still covered in blood. Oh my god! And they're terrified to stop at a hospital because they don't know if this baby's going to make it. But they don't want to stop at a hospital because they can't answer any questions about, oh, hey, yeah. you just gave birth. Yeah, because they didn't. Mm-hmm. And so they just have to drive home in hopes that the baby makes it. And so they talk to the doctor and they're like, what do we do if this baby dies? And mm-hmm. he said, you can have the next one. God. Oh, my yeah. God. Wow. Yeah. It was wow. terrible, but it's a really good show. And act- and I'm not going to I'm not going to give any other spoiler. Like, okay. I'm not because it gets even better and it gets even more okay. crazy. And the conspiracy grows from there. But yeah. you guys have to watch it. <laughs> okay, yeah, I will definitely watch that. I've seen that pop up on my thing a few times now, and I'm like, what is that? I haven't ever gone in and looked at it, but now I will watch it. That sounds really good. It was really good. Wow. <laughs> well, I think we're about at 47 minutes, so I guess we're ready to wrap up. And um, thank you guys so much for being here. Do either of you have anything you want to plug? Like, Dustin, I know you do your leather working. Um, mm-hmm. Anything like that that you want to tell people about? Uh, sure. Uh, well, we've got Southern Bigfoot Alliance, and that's the group I started out with, or that I helped create. Um, and also I do leather work full time, uh, bracelets, belts, wallets, uh, any kind of leather, just about. Um, and it's Clark Leather Creations. Uh, the Creations is with a K. Uh, mm-hmm. I've got a Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, Etsy, um, yeah, come by and check me out. Check it out. And I should add that he puts Bigfoot on some of the stuff, guys. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. Which is very cool. Um, you do you have anything, Lauren, that you wanna talk about? Um, just Nightcaller's Bigfoot Radio. Um, you know, you can find us on uh, various podcast apps and we are actually about to uh, switch with it over the summer we're going to be switching from a podcast platform to an obs system through youtube so we will be live on camera talking about all of our bigfoot things and oh, it, wow. it should be more interactive um it's going to be a huge undertaking but i think it's going to take our show yeah. to the next level and so we're really excited about that that is super Angel exciting gets to see my pretty face 
That's right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh. Um. Also, uh, I still had the second story. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. If you want to hear it real quick. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we went in December, the my birthday weekend. Fast forward to the end of February this year, we were we went back down there to Fout because we were uh, doing a little event to raise money for the park that all the Bigfoot people camp at when they go down there. Mm-hmm. Well, it was Saturday night, the last night that we were there, and we had some of us had went out on an outing. We didn't get back to like 3 a.m. Well, almost everybody's asleep, and I'm the one camped farthest, farthest away from everybody next to this little canal. It's like a little creek. And I get my tent, and just up up from me is my friend Michael, Caddy Corner. Caddy Corner is Lauren and her mom, and then past Michael is Sydney. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm almost asleep, and I'm hearing footsteps in the woods behind me. And I'm thinking, oh, it's just an armadillo or possum. You know, we hear those all the time. Mm-hmm. And I almost fall. I'm like right there, almost asleep. And I could have swore I heard Michael say, Dustin, just like that, Dustin. And I snap awake and I'm sitting there being real <laughs> quiet, listening, like, did I really just hear that? And a few seconds go by and I hear something touch the top of my tent, like a fingertip, and it slides about halfway down my tent and oh. exhales. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh. <sighs> and I say, Michael, because he's in a hammock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and because I know he's probably got his headlamp, headlamp on, he can light it up before I can get out of the tent to see what it is. Mm-hmm. He lights it up, nothing there. And I get out of the tent and I check all around my tent. There's nothing. I didn't hear anything run away. And uh, that was pretty damn creepy. Oh my God. Yeah, mm-hmm. it sounds like it. Wow. I like, I have got to go on a Bigfoot expedition at some point in my life. Like, I, I think, because I think that if I did, I think I would be hooked. Like, I think that would be like, I'd be like, okay, this is something I want to do all the time. Like, but yeah. Absolutely. If you're into, and a lot of it, I tell people, um, like people like us that go out in the woods, it's an adrenaline rush. Mm -hmm. And if you're an adrenaline junkie of any kind, like if you're into a lot of people start out paranormal researching, Mm -hmm. cross over into Bigfoot or vice versa. And so it's that same adrenaline rush. And then you're just chasing that adrenaline rush. You're chasing that feeling. So um, a lot of people do both or do one or the other and cross over. Oh, I can, um, I can it's, imagine it's, that. It's so much fun. So you definitely, um, we, I would love to have you come with us one that would time. Be so um, much we can fun. make it, I mean, we can make it kind of a safe one and mm-hmm. take yeah. you out and kind of, you know, that way you, you're going with people, you know, and trust yeah. for the yeah. most part. And, um, yeah, we can make a believer out of you. <laughs> I would love that. I would love that. That would be so much fun. That sounds like a summer project. If things get, get back to normal. But maybe when, whenever they do that, I'll be down for that. That would be so much fun. Um, but yeah, I think that's awesome. that's all I've got for you guys. Uh, follow the Instagram at Irioki. Facebook is the same. Um, people that have emailed me recently, I'm so grateful for the things that you guys have been telling me and sharing with me. That that's been really awesome um, and has been really helpful to me during this difficult, weird time that we're living through. Um, but yeah, I think and join the Facebook group if you haven't yet. 
come on, join, join up with us. Um, and that's all y'all stay spooky. <laughs>